There is no official count on the number of people in the United States who raise chickens, but according to Happy Chicken Coop, my go-to resource, the USDA predicted that 5% of Americans, 13 million people, would be raising their own backyard flocks by this year. It feels like a popular choice. Amazon alone has nearly 100 listings just for prefabricated chicken coops. Searches on Amazon for baby chick supplies were up by triple figures. My Pet Chicken, a hatchery in Connecticut, reported that by the first week of March in 2020, sales were already at 98% of the previous year's figures. By the end of March, that number increased to more than 500%. Clearly, the pandemic has spurred an interest in self-sufficiency. I feel it too. But there's also a trend about people wanting to know where and who their food comes from. Now, I'm an English major, raised by an English major, son-in-law to an English professor. I can't help but get distracted by the word itself. If chickens are so great, why do we call cowards chicken? It seems like an injustice to an animal, I mean, they're an animal, right? That through its eggs and its ultimate sacrifice and provides such self-sufficiency. I wanted to know why. So I went to that font of knowledge. No, not Wikipedia, but another one. I went to Cora. David Steers said this on Cora. Chickens can be skittish, he explained, afraid of just about anything. Survival awareness. They run, taking cover. Daniel Dijoux has raised chickens for years, and what she said about chickens meaning cowardly. Probably due to behavioral observations, she said. Once she put a decomposing buggy log in the chicken room, so her girls would have something to do. All five of the chickens, though, hid in the coop for a week in terror of this new object. When they spook, she said, they spook hard. Feathers flying, chickens exploding in every direction, noises like you wouldn't believe, she reports. Some breeds do this more easily and with less provocation than others. So really, according to Danielle, chicken is associated with fear because they are comically and irrationally fearful animals sometimes. So chickens, a staple in our diet, a symbol of self-sufficiency, the spirit of spooked. Well, doesn't that sound like a good episode for Sidiot? I'm Matt Zucker, and this is Sidiot, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. As you may know, Sidiot is a top five finalist for Chronograph Magazine's Best Regional Podcast in the Arts and Entertainment category. Voting starts April 1st. Please do. Now, chickens are a big part of country life. Nearly every big and small farm will have them that we know. Plus, my colleague Ryan had chickens in Chicago. Yep, in the city of Chicago. Then he and his husband, Corey, moved to Richmond, Virginia, where they now have chickens, sheep, guinea hens, ducks, geese, a turkey, and rabbits. In our one-in-one -one interview, you'll hear Ryan's chicken advice. Why, how, and which ones. And later in the episode, you'll also hear from our new content partner, Chicken Librarian, a service to help people homestead, who will teach us all about the very unique egg song. It's amazing. Now, the concept of being chicken, I have to say, plays right into the city at Psyche. Brian and I were chicken to even think about spending a minute outside the city. Our travels were originally primarily to other cities. Then we started liking the idea of outside the city, but we were, well, chicken to make the decision. So we first, as you might know, rented three summers in a row in three towns. You know, the 10-3-1 plan from an earlier episode.
It was methodical. And what it did is it paced our ability to absorb the idea. Finding a place was nerve-wracking, sure, but it didn't stop us from acting. Then when we got here, I was suddenly chicken of everything. The plumbing system, going to the basement, changing the water filter every other month, car batteries freezing, putting the wrong bulb into, well, you know, the whole thing with the sockets. Over time, I've learned to do things more myself. Brian runs things on a seasonal schedule. And well, yeah, a few times a year, we make up a big list and we call a handyman. And chickens, chickens themselves, never really afraid of them, but never really understood them. We love chicken and it's a staple. Every Friday night, we celebrate Shabbat with the four C's, candles, challah, cocktails, and a chicken. Our go-tos are chicken from Salt Hill Farm, which you've heard me about, and when we really want a special treat, Applestone Meat Company. Have I chatted about them before? Applestone is Primo, the founder of Fleischer's new business. Get this, you get their delicious meats, all their meats are amazing, by the way, out of a, wait for it, vending machine. Actually, several vending machines. There's one for beef, one for poultry, one for pork. Applestone locations are open 24-7, which is really good for idiots. There are actually three locations right now. There's one in Hudson, not far from us. There's one in Stone Ridge on the other side of the river. And most recently, Applestone opened a location in East Chester. But what about taking chickens, this idea of it, further down the proverbial run? Let's go full free range with the idea. What about you, you, you idiots having your own chickens? What would that be like? Should you even have them? We'll get started with Ryan, who would know better than almost anyone. The first thing I asked him was, why would people even have them? Well, the answer, it's more than you might think. There's a number of different reasons, I guess, depending on your circumstances, but most people want um, you know, to know where their food comes from, specifically eggs. So owning chickens, you know, you have you know, no middlemen between you and your, and your eggs. Um, but you know, it's also a companionship thing and it's a, um, responsibility thing. If you have children, you know what I mean? Um, you, you... when you say companion, I mean, are they like a pet or like a friend? Yeah. I mean, most people who just have chickens have them for eggs. They have no intention of eating the bird or, you know, like retiring it at any point, you know, they're in it for the long haul. And even after they stop laying after like three years, you know, they're going to find a home for the chicken or whatever, keep it forever. And, you know, they, they bought, they form a, you know, pet-like bond with it. And, you know, lots of people hold their chickens and, you know, they do have like chicken diapers and stuff. If you want to bring your birds indoors, I don't think that's really that common, but. Um, Did you have chicken diapers? No, no. We, we, we had a very strict, like fem all female animals outside. How many do you have? Currently or in Chicago? But, in Chicago and now? In Chicago, we usually had about five chickens at any given time. Um, maybe, you know, a few less or a few more. And people would bring us roosters quite frequently, like more often than you would think, um, because we lived in a predominantly Latino neighborhood. So a lot of people had them as pets, but they were renters and their landlords would find out and they would bring them to us because they didn't know what to do. You know, they knew we were the like people who had chickens, the weird white guys with chickens in the neighborhood. And we would just, you know, eat them. Um, we would just, you know, slaughter the roosters and, and off them, but at least it was like a, you know, it was out of their hands. And, you know, those folks usually had children who were attached to their roosters and stuff. So it just it was a nice, easy exit. How many chickens do you have now in the country? We have 14 right now. So we have 11 hens and three roosters. So. Do you name them? Um, no, I mean, like we have a lot of different breeds, you know, like I want like a, you know, Martha Stewart style basket of eggs of all, all different colors, you know what I mean? So, so we, most of them are, are different breeds. Um, you know, we have a couple pairs or, um, 
you know, a couple of each, but, um, but no, we don't name them. We have, we have, are there a lot of breeds. Are there a lot of different chicken breeds? Yeah. I mean, at least a hundred, you know what I mean? Wow. So, yeah. It's, it, I mean, you can, you can spend a lot of money on a chicken. Like we have, um, we, we call them like our black metal chickens. Um, they're called I am Samanis and they're, they're a breed that was, um, br like bred in, I think Norway. Um, but they're all black, meaning their skin is black, their meat is black, their eyes are black, their tongue is black, like they're black all the way through. So they're beautiful birds, you know, they're almost iridescent, um, but they're really like unique looking and they kind of have a, you know, very kind of independent personality. And they're, they're the two who kind of like hop over the fence and roam around in the woods and they do their own thing most of the time. We have a rooster and a hen. So, so they all have different like personalities in terms of the breeds and they all lay different size eggs and different color eggs and have different like um, frequency of egg laying, you know, there are some breeds that, that are really known for laying that like most people have like um, um, red stars or um, I forget, there's just like a couple breeds that like, you know, if you go to the feed store, they're always going to have them, you know, as chicks ready. And those birds will lay an egg every day. But there's lots of breeds that people want because they're pretty, or they lay a green egg or a blue egg or a chocolate brown egg. And those are going to lay like, you know, 50 eggs a year or something like that. But but you know, the eggs they do lay are like really special. The egg, the egg inside the shell doesn't, doesn't differ at all, you know. Do you have any advice for a first time chicken owner? If I convince Brian to get me chickens yeah. for Hanukkah, what would, what is your advice for me? I mean, I, I would say like get, I, well, a couple things, like it depends on if you want to like get the full experience of like starting with a chick and, and getting it to, um, you know, to the age where it lays an egg. Um, cause it can take like up to a year, you know what I mean? So it depends on like, have the right expectations. If you want to like go buy a bird and have it, you know, be laying an egg the next day, you need, a, you know, an adult bird who is of laying age, which is going to be significantly more expensive, but you, you know, there's less risk because, you know, obviously the bird's more fragile if it's, you know, not mature yet. Um, and again, I would start with a, a hardy breed, you know, that is good for your weather conditions. Like some birds are better for colder conditions than others. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're getting it for eggs, I would say go with one of like the standard, um, you know, um, preferred breeds for egg laying, like Rhode Island Reds or Red Stars or um, Isa Browns. Like those are all just like very, you know, run of the mill, like brown egg layers. How many should I get for the first batch? Well, they're social animals, so you want more than one. Um, so two or three, you know, um, it depends on how many eggs you eat too, because I mean, you could easily get in a situation where you have eggs piling up on your counter, you know, so either expect to give a lot away if you have a lot of chickens or be ready to, you know, really, um, get creative with your, um, egg dishes. But the one thing I would say that this is when I lived in the city, the thing that I most often told people who would ask, like, you know, should I get chickens if they were in the city, especially, you know, people in apartments who know they can't have chickens, but still want to experience some aspect of urban agriculture and, and, you know, have a way to get fresh eggs, I would say, you know, get, get quails. Um, and nobody ever thinks of that. So we had quails in Chicago. Um, and we kept, you know, a, just, a, it was a small cage, probably the, as big as my desk right here, um, which could easily be kept in an apartment, you know, or a, you know, a regular size hamster cage, you could have a couple, um, Caternix quail, which are Japanese quail, and they lay an egg a day. Um, proportionally, it's much bigger um, compared to the body size of the bird than a chicken egg is to a chicken. So they're actually much more efficient at converting food to, um, you know, edible material. Um, and they're cute, and they don't really make a lot of noise. So I would say, like, if you really want to start a bird, get a quail, um, specifically Japanese quail. Um, they're super easy. They're like, you know, they've been bred to be as docile as can be, and like, do they pop out an egg every day? And everybody likes little quail eggs. This is the kind with the speckles that you get at the Japanese market. So. That's a great tip. Yep.
I know more about chickens than I ever did. Thank you, Ryan. Rhode Island Reds, Red Stars, the Dan Quails. The bird brands, I mean breeds, sound like sports teams. And if you're like me, you've already Googled chicken diapers. So now that we're two legs and two thighs in, I've got a really special treat for you that I promised. Hear from our new content partner, the Chicken Librarian. Based just across the Delaware River in Pennsylvania, Kristen White is a fan and a new friend to City It. She runs a homesteading service that provides hands-on educational opportunity to folks all around the Hudson Valley and Catskill regions, with classes in all sorts of topics like pie making, chicken keeping, gardening, and sustainable living. Kristen moved to the region 20 years ago and often dreamt of being a chicken wrangler and homesteader and is now realizing that dream by living and homesteading on 400 acres, oh my god, I have two, at a fly fishing lodge on the banks of the Delaware River with her chicken flock, her rescue pup, and kitties, and her husband. The husband runs the fishing lodge while she plays in the garden. Now turn up your volume for, for her first lesson, the egg song. idiots. It's Kristen from Chicken Librarian. Do you know what that song is? If you have chickens, you might already know. But if you aren't sure, it's the egg song. If you have chickens and you haven't heard that song, then it's likely your chickens aren't laying eggs yet. Did you know that it can take a chicken up to six months to lay their first egg? And then just about the time they start laying, you'll notice some strange things. First, did you notice a lot of feathers on the ground during the fall? I bet you thought something got your birds, didn't you? Or maybe you noticed your chickens stopped laying eggs. Maybe you thought there was something wrong with your chickens. You're not alone. Chickens go through a molt each year during the fall, but can molt all winter long. Molting can be a scary time for you, but what about your birds? They just reached maturity after going through the awkward teenage years, and now they're missing feathers and are practically naked. And it's getting cold out, too. What's the first time chicken keeper to do? Head on over to chickenlibrarian.com to find out. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Ryan. And thank you for tuning in to what was sure our Pulitzer Prize winning new season of City It. You can help voting for City It at chronogram.com for best regional podcast in the arts and entertainment category. Please do. You can also find great classes and lessons from the Chicken Librarian at chickenlibrarian.com. Makes a great gift too for birthdays, anniversary, Mother's Day is coming up. So happy Easter, happy Passover if you celebrate either or both. Chickens are best when they run free too. I'm Matt Zucker, and it's spring in the Hudson Valley. Brian's crocuses are popping through. Those are the purple ones. Get vaccinated and come visit.